5: The Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
6: Japan's military wants to transform itself into a formidable fighting force. But to get there, it will have to overhaul its pacifist self-image. Japan's constitution was written by American occupation authorities after World War II, and it set out to make sure the country never went to war again. So it actually bans Japan from settling international disputes by force.
0: That's Elizabeth Palmer of CBS News covering Japan as the president is over there right now. Uh, talking with leaders, and uh, the, a lot of the point of it is to just say, "Yeah, hey, Japan, we're we're together." And Australia, and you know, yeah, we're all together. We're we're keeping an eye on you, China. Mm-hmm. Uh, Japan going to double their military budget. Of course, they're doubling from their their, their starting point is practically nothing. Uh, that, how interesting is that to live in a country? Where your constitution was written by some other country that defeated you in a war 75 years ago. That's interesting. Yeah,
3: yeah, Elizabeth Palmer saying written so that they would never go to war again. Eh, Not really. I mean, it was so that uh, they wouldn't go to war for a very long time, um, anytime soon. So, yeah, they have the right to change their constitution, and I'll bet they will. So.
0: So here's something we ought to ask Mike Lyons about that I don't know. I have read enough history that Japan, uh, they want to become a formidable fighting force. Well, they have been a formidable fighting force throughout their history a number of different times. Like among the most formidable on planet Earth, even as a tiny island. Uh, Japan, uh, China can tell you that. Of course, we can tell you that. Do they still have that spirit, though? I mean, it's been 75 years. That's a number of generations. Yeah. It's not in your blood. I mean, it's not in your DNA. Right. It's, it's in your culture. And has
3: it been wiped out of the culture? It's still a very disciplined culture. But it is not as... Uh, I guess I'll, I'll just use the word that's in my mind. It's not as manly a culture. It used to be much tougher. Because it was much more dangerous times. We were talking about this earlier. Uh, my belief is that... One of the reasons there are lower sperm counts and testosterone among young men and all is life is so safe, you don't need the testosterone. And when danger rears its ugly head, your testosterone levels surge as, as a dude. Oh, well, as a woman, too, come to think of it. um, And there's just so little danger. We're not as tough. And you know my theory that um, hyper, uh, you know, snow plowy helicopter parents are also contributing to kids not developing... Um, the life skills to deal with, the complexity of, you know, life and danger and the rest of it. So, yeah, I I suspect that Japan is a lot like uh, American youth. They're just not nearly as tough because they don't need to be.
0: You know, part of the reason for the Constitution being the way it was and Japan, the population of Japan, it's kind of like with Germany, you know, they're horrified at their past. A lot of Japanese have been horrified at their past, too. Uh, but you're trying to, Japan was a very militaristic society. It was like so much a part of the culture and the rest of the world wanted to stamp that out because of the right. horrors they'd perpetrated on so many countries. I wonder if it's been stamped out though. I mean, cause so you go back a couple of generations and, you know, your dad was in the military and fought in this war and that war and your grandpa and everybody, and that'd be your family. Now you've got nobody. Mm-hmm. You'd have nobody who would say my dad or my granddad fought really and everybody's you know you'd have to go a, a number you'd have to be of a certain age to have any history in your family um i just i just wonder how much of the their ability to be a fighting force is gone i want them to be strong and tough and right. badass
3: yeah since they're on our side now yeah i'll bet well it'll be a challenge no doubt let's to hear, rebuild a culture of a, a military that is ready to fight
0: let's hear more from the cbs report on this
6: But China's aggression has changed everything. Last August, it fired five missiles that landed in Japanese waters. And in December, China sailed its aircraft carrier between two of Japan's southern islands. As a result, there's broad support these days for a more muscular military. Naroshiga Michishita is a professor of defense policy in Tokyo.
4: It could have been much more controversial had it not been for uh China's uh, massive military build up its coercive and sometimes even aggressive actions that it's taking uh, in the uh, South China Sea
0: Yeah that's one interesting thing is I've not I've not heard anybody with any pushback against the idea of J- Japan remilitarizing have you It's c- controversial in Japan
3: allegedly but I don't know the politics well enough to really comment on it
0: but in the United States we got attacked by Japan
3: Oh no no I haven't heard anybody yeah. saying, we don't want Japan remilitarized. No, no, you're right.
0: I want to hear more about their buildup.
6: Japan hosted a defense and security show this spring, which attracted manufacturers of every kind of military equipment, from reconnaissance robots to aircraft. They all have their eye on Japan's plans to double its defense spending by 2027, which will give it the third highest defense budget in the world. Billions will flow to U.S. companies for weapons like Tomahawk missiles and F-35
3: fighter planes.
0: Wow, Japan will have the third biggest military budget in the world, I assume, but behind us, always number one, and China. Mm
3: -hmm. That is something. That is amazing. Even after Japan's, you know, lost decades and then it's their demographic problems and the rest of it there's still enough of an economic powerhouse that they can do that
0: they're like in the top five aren't they they're like third or fourth something like that something like that yeah
3: is elizabeth palmer
0: a brit or an american she says missiles
3: missiles I'm
0: pretty sure she's american although she's been mm. a foreign correspondent forever maybe it's rubbed off on her
3: missiles i'm not sure i have the nerve to say that
0: yeah i might try it out
3: economic i said economic do you say accessory no accessory advertisement no i'm no limey
0: uh this might get to what i was just talking about
6: but all this represents a huge cultural shift until now the defense forces that's the military's official name have been better known for search and rescue services than combat even the latest action-packed recruiting videos aren't convincing young japanese to enlist in droves in fact, the most recent drive to sign up 10,000 new service members missed the target by half.
0: Whoa. Oh. That's rough. Oh, boy. See, that's what I was talking about. You didn't grow up in a family where dad was in the military and granddad was in the military.
3: Well, and even before this really manifested itself in the U.S., or maybe it was kind of simultaneous, but I remember re- reading articles about the Japanese word for grass fed boys. These young men who got no woman, they're not looking for a woman. They might work. They might not. Very effeminate. Um, low T. Low T. Sperm count, please. Just give me a Nintendo
0: Switch and some porn. I'm good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Buy some underpants out of a vending machine. (laughs) That's not an exaggeration either. I think for a
0: giant chunk of young men in the world, and young being like maybe 28, a Nintendo Switch and some porn is all they need. That makes me sad. It's pretty rough. But it must be enough to get you out of bed every day? I mean, I don't know.
3: I've had this weird thought over and over again. As we've been talking about, you know, humankind will have its own undoing. Nuclear warfare. Gods in heaven chuckling. Of course, it'd be rather insensitive to be chuckling, but he's thinking... You believe in an insensitive God. And one who enjoys a good ironic joke, um, apparently, but no, he's thinking, no, no, it's not going to be nuclear warfare. The seeds of your own destruction are, you know, technology. You're inventing... The end of the need for humans to have other humans, and that's how it'll end. Pornography, exactly. I don't even own a pornograph, as the old joke goes. Um,
0: what was I going to say? And something to situate. Oh, read the Rape of Nanking. Oh, what a fantastic book! Grim. I'll give you an idea what the Japanese war machine can do if it's up and running, or at least used to be able to do.
3: Well, and. You mix in a huge dose of racial superiority.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's the interesting thing about when you hear about anti-Asian bias in the United States or whatever. For a thousand years, the Japanese have seen themselves as, and vice versa, radically different than Chinese mm-hmm. or
3: Korean. I know multiple Asian people who will talk openly about it, how crazy it is. That people say, oh, yeah, white people are so racist. Like, Chinese people despise Japanese people. Not,
0: Not all, obviously. Read The Rape of Nanking and you'll understand where some of that comes from. And vice versa.
5: Right.
3: Koreans loathe the Japanese for similar reasons. Filipinos. Ask a Filipino about a Chinese person. Or vice versa. And we could go on down the list.
0: Boy. Spicy times indeed.
3: Yeah, yeah. Holy cow. I'm I'm super encouraged at Japan's military rearmament, because you can have a military without being militaristic.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I'm not bothered by, by, I'm not worried about Japan.
3: (laughs) Well, and I was going to say, you can be a patriot without being, um, uh, have a view of your racial superiority that is like, well, Uh, Nazi-ish,
0: Hitlerian. The the fact that Japan feels they need to is what I'm worried about. Just think all the arrows are pointing toward the big conflict between China and everyone else.
3: Yes, yeah. Well, that's the second worst thing. The worst thing would be if all those arrows were pointing and Japan was doing nothing about it.
0: Right, and China was still going to do what they were going to do.
3: Right, right.
0: They are just going to do it easily. Yeah, good one.
3: What about the Aussies?
0: Are they ready? I
3: think they are, actually. They're arming like crazy. Before
0: we take a break, quick glance at the television yes what's garth doing it's garth brooks being interviewed on the good morning america why does he look
3: like he's 40 uh, i don't know that is that is something
0: he has got to be our age quick age on garth brooks somebody katie michael somebody 53 gonna, <laughs> you think he's 61. young 61 i was gonna guess yeah, yeah gonna you're get, right you didn't give us a chance to get in the future future let us guess. You got to let us guess. It's v- very important to us to get who's now you closest. You took all t- the fun away. Cuz I was going to guess older than us cuz I yeah. remember when he hit the scene and I thought I'm pretty sure he was older. Yep. I would have nailed that one and you stole my glory, Katie. <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> I <apologize>. Is this <laughs> your first on-air chewing out? I think it is. Look look but look at him. <laughs> he, he, does, he doesn't he mustn't look 61. He looks 31.
3: Yeah, I know. That's amazing. So is he
0: dying his beard? And how do you yes. die? how do you dye stubble like that?
3: It's maybe he's be... just drawn on like he's Fred Flintstone <laughs> or Homer Simpson. I,
0: don't, I understand dying a beard, but I don't understand dying stubble. I would think you'd have to dye it every day.
3: Well, maybe you 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 have a beard and you dye it really well and then you trim it back.
0: Okay. Yeah, he looks. He could. He looks forth. like Fred Flintstone. If you didn't know how old that guy was and you looked up there, what would you say? 38? Yeah. 40?
3: Nah. Yeah. Let's see. Maybe forty-five. I don't
0: know. See, I'm younger than him, and I look seventy. Yeah. So you do. what what is going on there? More on the way.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox, You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney.
0: I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but
5: you'll still feel guilty. Old rock icon, Liz Fair.
1: That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end
5: and many many more join me on season 3 of mini questions on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts 7 questions limitless answers
2: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me Jay Harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals
5: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kraft Heinz Company unveils the first customizable digital sauce dispenser. The new machine will allow people to personalize their own sauce creations. The machine operated by a touchscreen and allows people to select from a range of bases and then enhancers. There are up to 200 different combinations you can try but you can still get plain old Heinz ketchup as your dipping sauce of choice if you think it just can't be improved upon.
0: Never referred to ketchup as a dipping sauce, but uh, that's fine. Um, uh, A a programmable, digital condiment sauce dispenser. Yeah,
3: well... What a time to be alive. Yeah, um, (laughs) well, there's no argument against it, I guess. Um, And everybody perceives taste differently... Maybe you'd like your ketchup to be a little less sweet, a little more savory, or something like that. You'd dial it in. You know, I I, uh, I try not to be uh, pretentious about it or anything, but I like good wine, nice stinky blue cheese, nice meal prepared by a skilled chef, blah, 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 but I have an eight-year-old boy's taste for ketchup. <laughs> I love lots oh, yeah. of ketchup we're, on my french fries and all.
0: Oh, yeah. We were at Red Robin last night, and I was thinking that eating french fries with ketchup. This is as good as anything you can get.
3: Yes. French fries and ketchup. Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fun employment continues to be a hot topic on the text line. I uh, just came across you it. You can
3: explain to people just tuning in what the hell that means.
0: Just came across it in the Wall Street <laughs> Journal today. Well, this college <laughs> professor had never heard it before. It was graduation season, and uh, she's talking about you know what people are planning to do after graduation, and... Somebody brought up fun employment. She said, ha, 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 fun employment. And everybody's like, yeah, that's a thing. And they all talked about all the things they were going to do not work. it's yeah. being, like, excited and
3: enthusiastic about being jobless.
0: And not worried that you don't have a job. Right. Got this text. How'd be I, nice? Yeah. Again, the question she had, and still seems to, it's how do you afford it? <sighs> I'm actually, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, um, uh, I won't give the where you are. Um, I'm enjoying fun employment. I'm a dentist, and I just sold my business that I own for many years, and I'm enjoying fun employment because apparently people who work hard do not get rewarded. I paid into the system for five-plus years. I sold my business, and I'm just doing nothing right now, and I'm taking the money I paid to the state. So, sadly, a lot of my money that paid to the state all went to people who want to be lazy, so I'm taking a piece of the pie right now.
3: Wow. I hear you. Of course, you know, that person has done a lot of work in their life.
0: Right. But it's so, kind of cashing in. So my concern, though, is <laughs> even if you can pull off the you're not worried about how you're going to feed yourself now, you know, the goal is to make a little more money than you need now and save it for later. That's, that's, that's the way it's supposed to work. No, and then, a
3: comfortable, dignified retirement is a human right.
0: And I was listening to a U.S. senator discuss um, um, uh, uh, entitlement reform yesterday, particularly Social Security. Social Security runs out in about eight and a half years uh, by law at that point. They'll have to do a uh, 24% cutback on Social Security benefits unless they change the law, but he can't imagine people coming together for that. And this nugget that 50% of boomers either do or plan to... Uh, rely on social security alone i'm sorry what percentage almost half between 40 and 50 percent of boomers are going to rely solely on social security it's going broken eight and a half years and there's going to be a 24 percent cutback on that amount that you can't retire on anyway um so see i wonder about that about the whole fun employment thing okay that's fine for now but what about when you're older who's going to pick up the tab for i don't have any money now What about those three years you were in Madrid at the vegan retreat we were talking about earlier? What about my rights? And the money you could have made when you were working then. Am I responsible for that?
3: (sighs) The fact that your argument is losing essentially to their argument, well, it's partly because a lot of people hate Donald Trump, so they won't vote for Republicans. But um, it's a little discouraging. (laughs) A little. Yep.
0: Um, Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
3: Surprising move by Meta, the Facebook parent company in the AI race. I mean, really surprising.
0: There's just a ruling in Twitter and Facebook's favor by the Supreme Court, too. Armstrong
5: and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Zach Gallin was... Um well, he couldn't wait to tell everybody as he made his way back from uh, uh, throwing a, a side session here because he hit a bird. I'm an animal lover, so this hurts me, but in the spirit of Randy Johnson, I think you know where we're going with this. The bird is no longer with us. I know Zach Gallon took some time to recognize that, but he hit it with a curveball mid-air, mid-flight, and our cameras caught it. <laughs> he
0: took some time to recognize it? Like, what?
3: So a pitcher is like doing a throwing session. He's practicing.
0: Throwing a hard object like ninety miles an hour.
3: And he kills a bird uh-huh. and he has to take a minute to like deal with it. And freak me out a little bit. I don't uh, I don't uh, want to kill any birds.
0: I would think what are the odds? But it would have sure. zero effect on me. A freaking bird? Birds are beautiful. <sighs>
3: Those that aren't government drones. Tank.
0: <laughs> Two other quick sports notes. Sure. One, one of the prominent Writers, one of the writers who prominently hated the idea of the pitch clock in baseball has changed his mind, having watched this far into the season and said oh. it has restored the rhythm of the great game. It has not ruined it. It had been ruined. That's what I've been saying. By, you know, people feeling like they need to unvelcro and then revelcro their batting glove after every stand there <laughs> and watch a pitch, which was always stupid. Right. But it's actually restored the rhythm of the game to enjoy it. And uh, also the Miami Heat beat the Celtics last night, which is amazing. An eight seed might go to the championship.
3: So back to baseball for a second. A source close to a source who's close to a source in Major League Baseball told me uh, several really interesting things. That uh, everybody's adjusted to the pitch clock. It's almost not an issue anymore because everybody gets it and is used to the rhythm of it. They were
0: bad habits. They were all just dumb, bad habits that we all can get, but you don't need them.
3: Right. And it's it's at first, it was difficult for the umpires because it was a new thing, but now everybody's fallen into line so much. it's just happening. Uh, but another weird uh, wrinkle on this is that because there's not nearly as much downtime, which is great for fans, because your level of interest stays high. You don't constantly sit back in your chair, look at your phone, look at the bird the pitcher just killed, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because the guy's freaking stepping out of the box, adjusting all his crap again, staring at the base coach, whatever. That doesn't happen anymore. So as a fan, it's great. But the players' emotions are running more high. And so there have been way more ejections. Really? Yeah. Because they don't have that downtime to let off steam or gripe or, or, or forget, have a conversation. Or
0: forget why they care.
3: All right. Yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, overall positive, huge positive.
0: Have they fixed the beer sales? I know that was a problem right at the beginning. The games are just, you know, if a game is, uh, sometimes some games are an hour shorter. If a game is that much shorter, obviously you're going to sell fewer nachos and beers.
3: Yes. Yeah, clearly I haven't heard anything about that, but uh, I was told of a game that I think it was 14 to 3 or something like that, which last year would have been a 4-hour and 10-minute game. With 37 pitchers. <laughs> some bird murderers, some not. Um, this was under three hours. Hmm. So good. So smart. Restored the rhythm of the game. There you go. <clears throat> On a totally different topic, I was really surprised to see this headline this morning. In the battle of uh, over AI, Meta decides to give away its crown jewels. Uh, In February, Meta made an unusual move in the rapidly evolving world of artificial intelligence that decided to give away its AI crown jewels. Um, Instead of keeping the technology to itself, Meta released the system's underlying computer code into the wild. Academics, government research, and others who gave their email address to Meta could download the code once the company had vetted the individual. Essentially, Meta was giving its AI technology away as open-source software... Computer code that can be freely copied, modified, and reused, providing customers, or outsiders, rather, with everything they need to quickly build chatbots of their own. Meta's chief IA scientist said in an interview, the platform that will win will be the open one. But everybody else, like Google and OpenAI and others, are saying, uh, that's really, really dangerous.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
3: AI's rapid rise in recent months has raised alarm bells about the technology's risks, including how it could upend the job market if it's not properly deployed. Well, I don't. To me, that's a free market thing. I'm not that worried about that. I think government needs to be ready to uh, react to it, but saying, no, 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 you can't use that technology because that would eliminate some jobs. No, I don't want the government doing that.
0: No, 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 no. Um, interesting. I'll have to ask some smart people I know what they think of this. Supreme Court ruled in favor of Facebook, well, particularly in Google and Twitter, but it also affects Facebook and any other big companies like this, social media companies, that now you can't sue Twitter or Google for stuff that gets posted on there and then leads to bad outcomes. Mm. They didn't get into 230, uh, but this is an indication that the court is not going to deal with that. So
3: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. And one more AI note. Um, another side of the AI boom is a boom in technologies that can identify AI. Huh? They used the example of this guy who was alarmed when he saw a video on social media that appeared to show the president of Ukraine surrendering to Russia. Oh my God! The video was quickly debunked as a synthetically generated deepfake. But to this, uh, the scientist guy, it was a worrying portent. This year, his fears crept closer to reality as companies began to enhance and release artificial intelligence technology, despite the havoc it could cause, including Meta. Um, and so,
0: but I just, I don't, I don't think any of this stuff is going to work. Like you've been explaining. So, so some people would see the debunking of it, but not everybody would. And then sometimes you'll debunk things that are real. Um, uh, you know, there'll be a video out showing this is a fake video of me with a 17 year old girl. As you can see here, this expert debunked it and then it will relate to, uh, I don't know, a Washington Post article that never
3: existed. And right. Just all that stuff you've been talking about. Which is what this article is about. So guys like this guy are developing tools to identify whether something was made with artificial intelligence. It helps to identify synthetic or spoofed material to be, in his words, an airport x-ray machine for digital content. So, and this is how this cascades. So you don't have to go to the New York Post article and be fooled. Going to the Root article in the New York Times, which links to two books on the subject, which don't even exist, <laughs> because you'll essentially, you know, dip the video in, you know, in a litmus test. It'll come back and say, "No, nah, that's AI. It's fake." Mm. Digitally, of course, AI is busily working on. Fakes that can't be detected by that technology. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's
0: way over my head.
3: Yeah. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. I'd say content authenticity is going to become a major problem for society as a whole. <laughs> yeah, you think?
0: It's been a major problem for the past six years. Content authenticity. See all the articles in the New York Times about sources say indictments are likely oh. around the Russian collusion. I mean, what was that?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's more on this uh, about the race to keep up. um,
0: If you had, like, a really big one, so if you had had, I'll use an example from the past, if you had had Barack Obama on a prayer rug at a madrasa.
3: Oh, boy.
0: You know, in October of the 2008 election. Mm Mm-hmm. That one would be big enough. Everybody would be paying attention, debunking it to be a big deal. But like smaller ones, where it's just you know damaging to I don't know celebrities or m- more minor politicians. Or yeah, I was going to say a
3: congressional race, the and final it, days of a congressional I don't,
0: race. I don't think, yeah, I don't think the the debunking will would would would, would re- reach enough people.
3: Yeah. Assalamualaikum. Uh. Yeah, I uh. Yeah. I wish I could come up with a better way to express the idea that things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. But I think Elon Musk nailed it. <laughs> right. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. They are. It's like trying to come up with a better way to say I love you. It's just you're wasting your time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Diamonds, Joe. That's the best way to say oh, I love you.
3: Okay. Yeah. Compressed rocks mined by slave laborers in South... Whoops. What? now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't p- prevent people from creating nonsense or dangerous information or whatever, but you can stop it from being disseminated. This computer scientist says, "Well, maybe. I don't know. And, and it depends. It varies person to person too. Like you said, you might not hear of the debunking. Yeah. Plus, there are there are many web source websites and sources and news and all, and, and some folks send us stuff from them. They're not reliable." You just look down the list of stories, and you can tell. Right. All right, this is not a website I can depend on, right. including one or two that are fairly prominent. Um, and that gets to that chunk of people that
0: want information that backs your point of view, even if it's sketchy. Yeah, you don't even care if it's sketchy. Right.
3: Yeah. Or and that's or, a
0: big chunk of society.
3: Or you don't have the the whatever you know talent it takes to identify what's sketchy i've mentioned it before uh you know one of my kids is extremely um skeptical and one of my kids is extremely credulous same genetics yeah go figure um well equity says they should have the same outcomes in their lives ridiculous
0: i was listening to a podcast uh from eli eli lake yesterday about the demise of uh, what was he calling it? It's a new media, the old new media, or whatever. It's a lot of the disruptors that came along in the 2010s and really changed media fast HuffPo, BuzzFeed News, oh, yeah, Vice, and they're all either irrelevant or out of business now. Like, Vice is going broke and up for sale for five some billion dollars, and there are no buyers, mm. BuzzFeed's dead um huffbo's irrelevant and so many of these disruptors have, have are already done they're already no longer
3: meaningful well buzzfeed's not dead it still has 24 celebs tell you what roles they regret
0: buzzfeed news is officially over oh, is right yeah, yeah they they, they ended who uh, cares a week or two ago yeah who <laughs> right, cares? Yeah, yeah. to a shrug yeah. but so the disruptors are gone and they got disrupted by newer faster stuff as, as he was pointing out in the podcast, that it has quickly become true, and the New York Times knows this, um, and BuzzFeed, learned, so you, you, you assign four writers, give them a six-month project, and, you know, a whole bunch of money to investigate whatever.
3: The and, Biden crime family. And whenever it comes
0: out, this big splashy piece that back in the day would have been, you know, really made an impact and won awards and all these different things, and people talk about it for a week. It's up for, like, 20 minutes on your website and gets eclipsed by something somebody tweeted. Perhaps. And it's over.
3: Harry and Meg's terrifying car chase in New York. And nobody's quite figured out how you're
0: going to make an impact with the big stories when they disappear so quickly. Yeah. And you can wave your arm and say, hey, this is really big. We put a lot of money into this. Took a long time. It doesn't matter. It gets bumped off. The, the lead on whatever news feed you're getting by whatever the newest thing is,
3: which might be just somebody's stupid opinion somewhere. Well, maybe, maybe that's the key is to stop that. Keep the important stories up. I'll scroll past it if I've read it already. Yeah. But I have a feeling the tech heads who run, you know, the websites of these news organizations, they say, no, 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 no. Got to be constant new stuff.
0: Yeah, if you get the online version like I do of the New York Times, it's hard to figure out what the front page Sunday New York Times story was. And that used to be like the most important story in the world mm-hmm. on Sunday was whatever the New York Times made their major story on Sunday. It's hard to find on their own website. Because yeah. unless you look at it at 2 in the morning when it just showed up, it's already on like nine scrolls down on my on my web feed. Well, when I got something stupid at the top.
3: And yesterday's story... Canada declares war on the United States, president assassinated, cancer cured. Yesterday's big story, good luck. Good luck yeah. finding it at all. <laughs>
0: right. 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 Because they changed the headline several times, so even if you try to search on the headline that they once had, yeah. that's different now, so you can't even find it.
3: Yeah, that's, oh, I'm glad you said that. I found that so interesting. I printed out a story to talk about on the show, and then I, uh, for some reason, I, I guess I was just looking at my phone and thought. Is that the same story? And it was. They obviously tweaked the headline to get more clicks.
0: Or to make it look new? Maybe that's a thing? I don't mm. know. I realize we're talking a lot of media consumption here that maybe a lot of you don't do. We do it. And so we can tell you, it's hard to find the important news. It doesn't stick around much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's hard to figure out stuff that's not, that doesn't come with incredible bias. And it's probably a deep fake anyway. Yeah, exactly. I kind of was a leafy. We'll, f- <laughs> we'll finish strong next.
5: Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver.
4: I don't feel boycotted by Hollywood because I don't think about Hollywood. (laughs) I don't have much further need for Hollywood myself. I don't don't know how you guys feel, but yeah, I think uh, it's a very strange, funny time where everybody would love to be able to be themselves, but they can't.
0: That's Johnny Depp, the actor with his baked beans teeth, (laughs) talking about how he doesn't really miss Hollywood.
3: It is utterly mysterious why his teeth are so gross right now. <laughs> is that a new style? I'm sorry. Here I got to Please noise. silence your devices.
0: Well, I'm looking at the famous now famous Ron DeSantis laugh video. We've had several people say, Have you seen the Ron DeSantis laugh video? Mm. I saw. I saw the still photo in which he had thrown his head back in raucous laughter at some gathering in Iowa. And it was some proof over last weekend. Remember, we were talking about how the media is now building him back up, having torn him down and declared him dead. Exactly. Um, but it was some supposed to be some sort of indication that he's just a regular person and laughs like everybody else.
3: But uh, although, isn't the point of it that he like it's way forced and Hillary Clinton esque? Some consultant told him he has to be seen laughing. I don't
0: know that that boy. Once you get tagged with that, it's hard to it's hard to shake
3: it. Yeah, well, I I don't know. I can't vote for him. I I'm, I want a guy that I could have a beer with.
0: I don't know. He looks to me like he's just laughing.
3: Yeah. A couple of things to squeeze in, both having Wait, something. The, the, the that, fact what? that
0: we had that conversation, that's no way to choose the leader of the free world.
3: I am was, so idiotic. Was, how,
0: how genuine was their laugh at the Iowa State Fair?
3: Somebody cracked a hilarious Mickey Mouse caught in a mousetrap joke and he <laughs> <laughs> threw his head back. <laughs> You know, it probably was. It was that joke the punchline is. I didn't say she's mentally ill. I said she was blanking goofy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo, our technical director, will lead us off. Michael. Uh,
2: Great. I just went blank, Joe, because I was laughing at that joke, and now (laughs) I cannot remember my final thought. Oh, it's a classic,
3: isn't it? (laughs) Jack, I'm sorry, uh, Katie, our producer slash newswoman. Katie, what's your final thought?
1: Wait, we guys talked about a fun employment, right. and I have been unemployed twice since I was 16, and those were the worst times of my life. I couldn't wait to get back to work, so this baffles me.
3: Well, maybe we're all weirdos, but, uh, you know, we're, we're our kind of weirdos. Jack, a final thought? Yeah, I've never really been unemployed, but the idea of fun employment...
0: I'm gonna have to do a deeper dive into this the uh the opinion piece in the wall street journal from the college professor saying it's a thing now with their graduates and she can't figure out how they afford it that's what i gotta figure out how are you affording to have fun being unemployed what's going on there and
3: how are you gonna afford to be an old person who doesn't starve right my final thought: this is so strange we didn't get to this story but we will tomorrow there's now serious serious discussion let's go ahead and get uh, f-16s to ukraine so apparently all of the well that would be too far's are not too far anymore i mean up to not like nukes but getting there wow and then if it's
0: at all a good idea why wouldn't we do it a month ago Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So
3: many people, thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. The hot link's fantastic. A lot of good stuff to click on. You can pick up some A&G swag. Drop us an email.
0: We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Everyone
3: deserves own- Armstrong and Getty. I don't care if they're a criminal. Amen. <laughs> hey, a, man. Your time has expired. Okay. No! <laughs>
1: This is the day
2: that we say... It's a can take your wife! A Bobcat!
1: Yeah. You
5: it, it makes no sense. I'm gonna call my lawyer. gun. I think it's totally
2: valid. Okay. Have a terrific day. Armstrong and Getty.
1: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts.